Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that. That quote really resonates with me for a couple of different reasons. Uh, for one, Diamond Dallas Page says it in the yoga thing. Mm. Whenever I really feel like I'm struggling, he talks about that. Yeah, And it's something that has been on my mind a little bit because I've been thinking a lot about feeling jaded. I've been feeling jaded a lot lately just with Nashville trying to have a career, the self-doubt. And I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun with anything that I'm doing. I'm lucky and I feel like I'm able to enjoy a lot of the things that I do. But at a certain point, it just turns up into a straight up grind and you have to really love it to do it. And with music, the podcast, whatever it is, I've, I fall in and out of love with it. Mm. So right now I'm in a phase where I'm not in love with anything that I'm doing. I feel that, dude. I've kind of kind of had the the epiphany when i was broke down last week or this no this week um like rock bottom will never teach you what mountaintop or mountaintops will never teach you what rock bottom will yeah yes great point yeah it, it, that makes me think of uh i'm still here you know that scene <laughs> where uh the guy comes to joaquin phoenix and he's like you're a mountaintop water drop yeah you don't belong in this valley this dark ocean with all these other water drops. That's what I feel like right now, dude. I, I feel like I'm, I'm in the valley. I'm not, I'm not a mountaintop water drop. Yeah. Things have been going good. We've had sessions with Josh, uh, a couple of long-ass sessions, which are always difficult to do. Yeah. Because you're just straight-up grinding trying to get something done. And don't get me wrong. I love Josh. love working with Josh. love the studio. love everybody that we're working with. But it gets monotonous and it gets tough and you're just down in the fucking trenches at some point. Yeah. There comes like a point where you just like during the session you just zone out because so much has been happening. So much has been going on. It's you, an overload. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think especially I'm feeling that way since we're so close to the end. Yeah. We're in the final leg of the race right now. Yeah. And the final leg is always the hardest. Yeah. And... and definitely like during that session like your ears get tired oh yeah your ears get way tired you know there, there comes a point when you're like fuck i just wish i was done you know i wish this was, even though it's been like a cool process and and it sounds amazing like you know like your ears get so tired and you get tired after like the eighth hour because you're working <laughs> yeah you're working and that's that's what it is we're treating it like work we've gone in with a game plan and we've executed every single time and doing that repeatedly is tough to do consistently and do it at a high level and a productive level simultaneously. Because like at a certain point, I, I find myself, I can start grinding things out, but then my product, whatever it is I'm making, starts to grind out. Mm -hmm. And I know right now the things that I'm really interested in are baseball cards and baseball, pinball. And writing songs, just sitting in my room and writing songs. There's something sacred that happens because it's not a moment I share with anybody else. I know we're in Nashville, but the whole co-writing thing I never really felt has fit me. Um, and maybe it will one day. Maybe that'll be something that will work for me one day. But I sit around and think a lot before I write and I come up with 
ideas. And another thing that's kind of like sparked me having an idea, it's we've talked about it last week too, but the Rolling Stones. I think I'm retreating to the stuff that I really love in those times where I'm feeling ground down. And I haven't really listened to the Rolling Stones in a long time. But Sympathy for the Devil, listening to that song, there's that one verse where he says, uh, I rode a tank, had a general's rank when the blitzkrieg raged and the body stank. And he's talking about Nazi Germany because the whole song is from the perspective of the devil and how no one ever feels sorry for him that he has to do all this bad shit. Yeah. Because someone's got to do it. That's what the, That's my takeaway from that song is someone's got to do the bad shit and it might yeah. as well be me from the perspective of the devil. How radical that would be released today that people would try and cancel the Rolling Stones oh, yeah. for something like that. I mean, there's a lot of lyrics that the Rolling Stones have that people would cancel them over. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, brown sugar, dude. It's straight up about buying and fucking slaves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that, like, classic rock and stuff like that, like, like bands that are, like, so well-loved, you know, a lot of their lyrics would just would be canceled. It wouldn't be socially acceptable. They have another song called Stray Cat Strut. Do you know that one? I don't think I know that one. It's off Baker's Banquet. And the same album as um, Sympathy for the Devil. Mm -hmm. And one of the lyrics is, I can see that you're about 15 years old. I don't need no ID. (laughs) Or I don't need to see no ID. And that's so fucking... Like today, putting that in perspective of like 2021 and what we superimpose on ourselves as far as morals and everything like that. Like, a lot of those rock stars back in the day, they would just fuck teenage girls. And they would be, like, 27 and have a 13-year-old girlfriend or a 15-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, that's fucked. And it's fucked, man. Yeah, that's that's fucked. Yeah, I never never really thought about, like, all those old songs and how they really could be canceled today. But they're so well-loved in the public eye that that could never happen. You know, no one's going to be canceling the Rolling Stones. You know who never got fucking canceled? Who? Michael Jackson. I don't know, bro. I, they put out that documentary. It feels different when you talk but about But you turn on the radio when you're driving around. You hear yeah. a Michael Jackson song. You don't hear R. Kelly songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're definitely not he- hearing Morgan Wallen on the radio right now. Are they Are they done playing Morgan Wallen on the radio? Yeah, they don't play him on the radio. He, he just now came back to like social media and stuff. Really? Yeah. Like he, he just now came back like last week. Yeah. You gotta lay low sometimes, I guess. Yeah, he like especially when you drop in bombs. Yeah, I'm not saying it was right for him to do that. I'm just saying his label people were like, "You make us too much money. You just need to shut up for a little while." Yeah, they made him shut up for a month. Yeah. Well, that's that's another thing that I don't that I'm feeling jaded over in Nashville because I understand I'm never gonna be accepted by the industry. But someone like Morgan Wallen, he can straight up say the N-word, and they just are just like, stay quiet for a little while. Yeah. I mean, they're still playing these tunes on Broadway. Yeah. And down oh, yeah. Area. Of course. I mean, they're always going to be playing his stuff down there. I mean, there's a demand for it. You yeah. know, a racist love Morgan Wallen. But, yeah, it, it definitely does feel like a controlled thing by his label to try to get him back into the into the good. 
Is he okay? Because uh, he definitely, a lot of people hate him now. I can understand why people yeah. hate him, though. A lot of, I mean, a lot I can of, understand yeah. it. I, again, I'm not saying what he did was was right by any stretch of the imagination. He he fucked up. He fucked up pretty big. Yeah. But that's just a world that we're living in now where at any time someone's going to catch you saying something you're not supposed to say, and then they're going to put it out for the rest of the world to yeah. hear. You know who else can't get canceled, though? Joe Rogan. He's, they try. He's the uncancelable, though. They try They try to cancel him, they, they're, and they're going to continue to try, but he doesn't give a fuck, dude. He doesn't give a fuck, and he's got that fat Spotify check. Yeah. Even the Spotify employees tried to cancel Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know. And they failed. <laughs> but that's the thing about him, though. He's always honest. He's always real. And when you're real nowadays, people don't like that. People, no. People don't like being real. Well, the truth is a dangerous thing. And what I've learned about the truth, truth is perception. And it should also only be wielded to help someone. You shouldn't try and tell someone the truth unless it's going to help them. You don't want to try and hurt them. You don't want to try and fling flaming arrows at their heart just to get them to see your way or to feel it because chances are the person knows i know there have been times in my life where i've been told the truth about a behavior that i had or the way i was acting and it hurts to hear it when it's something that's ugly about yourself yeah it's challenging to do yeah i've, I've been there i've definitely been there you know, when you've told me, you know, I've been slacking off or whatever. Like, it hurts to hear, but it's like, yeah, like, I can see that. Yeah. We've all been there, dude. I mean, everybody has. Yeah. Everybody has. But your true friends will tell you what's up when it needs to happen. Like, for me, one of those people is Zach. I know if he says something like, hey, you need to fucking knock that off or not do that or something, I'll listen to it. Or Josh or... Any any of the uh, our buddies that we run with, yeah, I'll listen to it. I'm open to hearing ugly things about myself, and there's no one that's more self-critical of me than me. Yeah, same. I feel the the exact same way. I feel like I'm probably too hard on myself sometimes, but like I also feel like that's a good thing though because I'm always keeping myself in check or trying to. For sure. I think that thing, though, for me, it's a voice that I've had to learn to work with mm -hmm. and try and give, not necessarily control, but to try and reel it in a little bit mm -hmm. and notice what my thoughts are because I can so easily get down on myself. I'm not practicing enough. I'm not writing any songs. The last episode of the podcast we did was shit. Whatever, whatever I have in my mind. Yeah. And it's easy to do, and that stifles me. Yeah. But those are just voices in my head that aren't necessarily what the truth is. Mm -hmm. I, can, I can trick myself into believing that's true. I can believe these negative things about me that no one else is telling me, that I'm telling me. Yeah. Because everybody in my life is pretty supportive. Mm -hmm. I got you. I got my dad. I got my sister. 
you name it. Any, any, I have a good support system. Yeah. And I'm very, very fortunate to have that. And a support system is hard for me to embrace sometimes. I can't, I have trouble reaching out and telling people when I'm struggling. Yeah. I completely internalize it. Dude, I feel the exact same way. And and I'm sure there's there's like a lot of people that that can relate to that, honestly. Cuz like we all tell, you know, we're all pretty negative on ourselves, I feel. You know. Oh yeah. Like everyone is like pretty pretty harsh on themselves. And and it's dude, there's just got to be a balance, you know. I wonder if that is something that's uniquely American. I, well, there, let me say this. Okay. Let me elaborate. So it's not necessarily uniquely American, but it's a certain brand of Americanism. Yeah. Because we have all of these ideas, these great concepts in America, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, any of that stuff. And that that's even something that I gra- grapple with sometimes because like you can only pull yourself up so much in the circumstances that you're in. I think there's a form of heartlessness to that saying as well. I think it's good to strive for that and for people to tell themselves that. But if you were, are born in a horrible fucking neighborhood that's just like a crack den, there's a bunch of gang violence, that's starting off at a different level than you or I started off at. Yeah, I mean, the cards were dealt different for that person. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes you got to work with the cards that you're given and sometimes... There's not much. I had a, you know, like my childhood best friend. He, he was dealt a pair of cards like that, you know. I always tried to help him through whatever he was going through, but I couldn't relate to exactly what he was going through, you know. There's always like a difference between what we were going for, you know. And, dude, that, that sucks to see, man. It sucks to see, but, like, there's a lot of people that can pull themselves out of that, you know, pull themselves out of that and make it better. Well, it, it takes it takes a, it takes a true fucking effort because you have to look at yourself and look at your situation and know where you're going wrong. Yeah. And not everybody has those tools. Yeah. those And those are tools that I've developed more with age. I mean, one thing I can think about myself, when I was younger, I was very brash mm-hmm. and I would just say the first thing that came to mind I would always drop the hammer on people yeah it felt powerful yeah you know I felt powerless most of my life like I didn't get to decide any of the things that were happening to me and waiting through my 20s and realizing that was a reaction to my childhood was a pretty big moment for me yeah because I knew I had to change. And I look back on working at BEK. And there was some times that I really fucked up bad with clients. And it would piss my boss off for sure. And rightfully so, some of the things I would do. I remember one time I was supposed to send my boss an email before I sent it to a client. And I didn't. I was just being retarded. You know what I mean? It wasn't anything deliberate. It wasn't anything like that. And in the email, I fired the client. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it was bad, dude. But you know what? He didn't He didn't fire me, though. Like, my boss didn't fire me. He just he understood I was young and dumb. 
and he saw that I was young and that I was driven and that I wanted to work and I wanted to do all this stuff. I feel so bad for some of the shit I did back then, dude. I was so dumb. Yeah, I've I've been in situations like that. I've done a lot of dumb shit just on, just not meaning to, just not thinking about it, just because I'm not experienced in everything, you know. Yes, experience and, is key sometimes, and if you lack it, you're gonna like fuck up. And oh, then, absolutely no. I I look looking at everything and just putting it into perspective. And you've never dealt with this situation before and there's all these people around you that that have or at least can draw from some experiences. Because you start, as you go through the world, you start to meet all these different personality types and you start to see what motivates people. Yeah. Or what doesn't motivate people, equally as important. Yeah. And you learn how to read a room. I think for me, I was able to read a room but I never used the powers for good. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is going to piss them off. So this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and it's good to have that card that I can keep under my vest. But it's something that I have to use sparingly. Yeah. It used to be my favorite thing to use. <laughs> I, I, I've never been like that. I've, I've always been a listener. It's because you have a different personality type. Yeah. More of more of a I I'll, I'll listen to people talk. I don't have to talk, you know. I, I, I honest. I wish I was more assertive like that though. I feel like that could come in handy, especially in tough situations. It can, yes, but it fucked me a bunch when I was young. Yeah. And even now, I'll have acid flashbacks to times that I fucked up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and it's not that I'm like dwelling on it or still thinking of it. Like I can look back on it now and laugh, but at the time it felt so fucking tragic. It felt like nothing was going my way, mm-hmm. and I put that in perspective to today and talking about that feeling of I'm not having any fun with anything that I'm doing. That that shit never lasts though. Yeah, it's temporary. That's a temporary feeling. Dude, I get, I get like that. I get like that. There's there's a lot of days where I you know don't want to go to the studio. I really just don't want to. I really just want to lay down and not. Or there's days that I think about just dropping everything. But you know, like, just gotta keep going. You know, I made it out of my small hometown. I can't go back. Just to, you know. I feel the same way. Uh, there's nothing to go back for me in Maine as far as like a future goes and I still have friends there I love them my friends Kane and Brandon that I went to high school with they're my buddies they're my buddies for life but going back uh, there would be nothing that I would be up to because there's nothing to really do there for me it's like what, what where I am right now I do feel like is where I'm supposed to be and there was something poetic too about my dad moving to nashville and i'm able to see him and hang out with him and everything like that now yeah because it basically cemented me staying in nashville i'm like my dad's here yeah my aunt and uncle are here my grandma are here my grandma is here sorry i I gotta speak english (laughs) um but that was something that was a whole challenge too when i first moved here because i never really had family that i can count on Mm mm-hmm all of my other aunts and uncles and everything like that on my mom's side, they have a very uh, dysfunctional family. Like, 
true dysfunction. Everybody just scattered when they grew up. So I noticed that in myself too. Because that's what I've learned from family. Is you go off in your own direction. You make your own life. So I, I don't always feel like I'm the best son or the best nephew or grandson or brother or uncle yeah i don't know how to be i mean and i know all of them would say oh you're you're fine you're great whatever but for my own standard that self-critical voice again i feel there's more i could be doing yeah i mean there's there's always going to be that voice that there's there's more i i could be doing you know i get that feeling especially like you know i should call my mom more i should call my aunt more i should call vic more you know yeah um just stuff like that like i should make time for all these things that i don't really make time for and then i look back at it and like you know but i don't know you just got to realize that like sometimes the best you can do is what you're doing you know or at least at the time that's pretty wise Melhouse. that might be the wisest thing you've ever said <laughs> it's like something i've come to term with very recently Cause it's like, I'm trying my best out here. This is all I can give you <laughs> 50 cents. That's all I got. <laughs> you want to know what I think about sometimes that makes me laugh still? What? Do you remember when we went over to Zach's apartment and we were meditating and you told that story about the three legged dog in the river <laughs> <laughs> and we were just laughing and we couldn't concentrate on meditating. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It still makes me laugh. I'll, I'll be like driving around town. And I'll just think about you being like, now imagine there's a river and then there's a three-legged dog. And I start losing it because you start going down this river path and I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. And then the three-legged dog thing, I'm like, where is he getting this from? <laughs> the dog ended up on an island. Yeah. Like <laughs> Dude, I forgot a little bit about that. Dude, that's funny. <laughs> and we were like, where did you hear this from? And you were like, I heard it on God in meditation. And I also made some of it up. And we're like, we can tell. <laughs> the dog part was definitely made up. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You were in the moment and you were rolling with it. Because <laughs> that was in you. A three-legged dog. Yeah, dude. Which reminds me of Wilfred. Did you? We watched all of Wilfred together, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we, we like finished it, right? Yeah, we basically watched all of that together. Do you remember when his like rival dog, Jelly Beans, lost one of his legs? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he was jealous of all the attention he was getting? Yeah. And then he runs out in the road and he gets hit by the car and he loses one of his legs and he's <laughs> excited about it? Yes, I remember that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a random tangent. But yeah, getting back to all the topics at hand. I think another thing that really fucks with my head is fear. It'll fuck my shit up. And it goes, fear goes hand in hand with the self critical voice. They're best friends, they're a match made in heaven. Yeah. Because there's plenty of times that I've bitched out even in the past couple of months. Like the Broadway thing, I started bitching out on that. And I wonder is this something that I actually want to do or is the fear holding me back? Because if I go down there, I'm going to start getting gigs. And I'm going to be able to do it full time. I have all the confidence in the world when it comes to that. Because yeah. I'm a good player. Yeah. And I'm reliable. Yeah. And I'm easy to work with. But 
I don't know what exactly it is that voice is. Is it fear of change, maybe? My life is going to be different. I'm no longer going to have to worry about being an Uber driver. That's not like my gig anymore. Yeah. Because I really can't go back to having a 9 to 5. I've been off the 9 to 5 thing for three years now because that's as long as I've been doing Uber. And the push that I really had for that was a time where change wasn't – it did not feel good. It was when I moved. So I got fired from the apartment job. And at the time, I was living with Zach, and we both decided we wanted to just go get our own places, and I knew I wanted to live in East Nashville and be around musicians and start taking things more seriously on the music front. When I did that, it triggered all of this shit in my life, and that's when I started doing a a deep dive into realizing what my faults and flaws are as a human being and trying to be aware of them. Yeah. Because it's a bad feeling that someone tells you something and you know that you're right, but you were blind to it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a rough thing. And like, I feel like the fear of change has a lot to do with all of that, for sure. Absolutely. And it when I am in the flow state of just going through life autopilot. In, in the zone. Well it's not it's not autopilot. Mm-hmm. Where you are blowing in the direction of the wind. Mm-hmm. You got the wind under your wings. Yeah. Those are times that I don't necessarily learn anything. You can learn things in those times. Because you can look back and think that didn't work. That didn't work. That had nothing to do with me. But that's this is why it didn't work. Yeah. Change is a scary thing. Oh, it, yeah. It can be. I mean, it even even right now for me, it's been just the feeling in the world's been different. It's a change. It's like a breath of fresh air. A lot of new beginnings are happening, you know? Absolutely. And a lot of projects are coming to close, which leaves room for new projects. Yep. And and stuff like that, you know. And I don't know. I feel like when I'm in that flow state, I feel like I don't I don't achieve much as far as like digging deep into myself. Whereas when I, things are working yeah, out, when things are working out, I feel like I don't achieve anything within myself. It's you know when I'm at my rock bottom and things crash and burn, that's when I learn the most. Yes. I'll say this though, when you are young and you're first getting that experience out in the world, it's, you can't really, you can, I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly. You don't know to appreciate that yet. Yeah. I had no idea when things were working for me to appreciate it. Yeah. I, I I feel like that too. I feel like sometimes I take for granted everything that's happened. You know? It's natural to. I mean, just because it happened and I just roll with it. I just ride the wave until things change again. And and sometimes when I'm riding the wave and, and I'm at the top of the wave, I don't appreciate being at the top. 
of that current wave. The wave always comes crashing down. And it does, dude. Like, you know, the truck. <laughs> that was my wave. <laughs> we both had a week last week. We did, dude. Because I was out in Murfreesboro. I had given a ride out there, and my car broke down. Yeah. When I was in Murfreesboro, 45 minutes away from our house. Yeah. But luckily, and this is where the appreciativeness comes in, I broke down outside of an, of an advanced auto parts. Yeah. So instantly, I was like there for a second. I was trying to steer my car to get it there, but it's hard to do just on your own. Yeah. Um, but a guy with a pickup truck, of course, stopped. He pushed me in there. The manager of the Baskin Robbins came out. He ran out, pushed my car <laughs> into the parking lot, and they both, before I could even say thank you, they were just both gone. Oh, wow. And first thing I did, threw the car in park, was like, fuck, okay. This is what the situation is at hand. There's no reason to freak out about this. I've dealt with a broke down car before, yeah. many a times in my life. I had the good fortune to break down outside of advanced auto parts, and I'm like, I can go in there and get the scanner from them because of course my check engine light was on see what's up with this bitch did that found out it was my uh fucking uh what is it called the spark plugs yeah one of my spark plugs had gone bad well all of them all of them yeah but it was that the mass cylinder yeah. four one that mm -hmm. we got the error code for so i called my dad told him what was up he was like, I can come there and help you out with this um, if I need to. Just let me know what you want me to do. So I, I had called you, and right away you were like, dude, you need me to come down there? I got my truck. <laughs> I got tools, dude. So I called you back, and um, I wasn't freaking out or anything. I was pretty, pretty level-headed, I feel like, in the moment. I was like, fuck, what's going to happen? This could potentially fuck up a lot of shit. Then I had, okay, took a step back. Let's find out what's going on with this. Yeah. Found out it was that. Called you up and you came out. You helped me out. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I'll be honest though. Like, you know, I've never worked on a Kia like that, obviously. But like, I was watching tutorials on the way down there <laughs> just on how to fix your shit, man. You did a great job. And it, it panned out, man. And, um, it was cool to just get out, like be out there, honestly, like in the country, in that part, because it was nice out there. So, I, all in all, that was a, that was all right. Like it, it worked out. You got home, things were all right. But I, I was concerned on my way down there. I was a little bit like, I don't know if I know enough to fix this. I had faith in you, but it, it you were my only option, <laughs> so I had to believe in you. It worked out, dude. And then my truck broke down. Yeah, a couple the, of days later. No, it was the next day. Yeah. It was the next day. And luckily, it broke down at an advanced auto. Yeah. And um, you had good fortune, too, dude. I had good fortune, too. Zach came and towed me back to our house with a chain. And um, it, I, I learned something out of this. I learned a life lesson out of that whole situation. What's that, Millhouse? I fixed your car and... I was like, all right, I can start working on cars a little bit now. I can I can really dive into this, maybe get good at it. And then the second my truck breaks down, and I'm given instructions on how to fix it, and I sit there and I look at them and I do it wrong, and I wonder why it's not working. And, and then your dad comes, 
and he looks at it for like five minutes and has it fixed. Yeah. He has it fixed in like five minutes just because I wired like two wrong, two wires wrong. And what did he say to you after? He, he said, read the instructions. Yeah. He told me to read the instructions. I was like, so I learned something out of that. I learned. Dude, that's a conversation I've had with my dad a million <laughs> times. But dude, he really came in clutch. Uh, he did. And it taught me something for sure. Well, he's an, an expert at like electronic shit like that. He's so good at fixing anything yeah you can figure it out if, if he is able to tinker with it for just a few minutes and he knows how it works then he can usually figure it out that that was the i mean he he literally had it done in five minutes he took it off wired it the right way and we turned it on and um yeah man i'm i'm, I'm super thankful for for that even though, like, it hurt a little bit because I was like, man, if I just read the instructions, we would have been able to, you know, do the podcast that night and it would have been fine. Yes, which pickup sticks are coming on soon. Last week I said they were going to be on this week, but all this shit went down. We were dealing with a lot last week. <laughs> yeah. And then we had the session on Sunday, so it was like crunch time to try and get everything done. And we weren't sure how everything was going to shake out. We were yeah. playing it minute by minute. Yeah. So I got my truck fixed the day before the session. Yes. And was able to drive it to the session the next day, which is so good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, th this week's been rough, man, but I'm trying to just ride the wave and take it as it is. Nothing is ever really as bad as it seems it is. Yeah. Because those were inconveniences, yes. Yeah. For both of us. Yeah. But it wasn't the end of the world. No. You know, and at the end of the day, I still got good friends and and people around me, you know. Like, I'm not I'm not left with nothing. I, I still have a house, you know. Still got food, you know. I, I guess, like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, it's not, everything's not shit. Just some things are. <laughs> some things are shit, and they're shit in the moment. Shit in the moment. Well... Also, like if, if someone dies or something like that, it's hard to recover from something like that quickly. Yeah. It takes some things take more time than others. Bounce back time for a car. Once we were able to get our cars fixed, now it's no big deal. Yeah. That was last week. Yeah. It doesn't it, matter anymore. Hey, it makes me appreciate that it works right now yeah every time i hop in it and it starts i'm appreciative now yeah i didn't know what was going to happen when you came to fix my car if that was going to be it or something bigger got fucked up yeah well me either <laughs> yeah and it was it was a relief because i started it up we went over to the gas station i ran the car for a minute just to make sure we were good and then begun the hour-long trek back yeah. to the house yeah you were like, dude, it's shaky. I don't know if I should drive it. And I was like, nah, man, it'll be all right. Well, it, it shook for the first like minute that I had it back on. Yeah. Because it was probably just readjusting or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, it was an interesting situation. I, and then like you pulled out of there and like immediately you were gone. And it took me a while to get on the road because nobody would let me out. So I didn't really get to follow you. I was on the same path you were. If you had broke down, I would have found you. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I was a little worried you would break down without cell service and I wouldn't see you or something like that. Yeah, but it 
it worked out. You know, most thing most things do buff out. Yeah, most things buff out. They do. <laughs> they do, and even the bad shit will eventually buff out. Sometimes it just takes longer to recover. It takes longer to pull you up by your bootstraps, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it takes a minute, depending on the situation. It does. I, the other thing is, too, with the, the mind. I feel now I have a firm understanding of maintaining myself mentally. Mm. Between the yoga, the meditation, all this shit. Mm. I'm able to be in the moment and realize what's happening versus just shutting down and internalizing that very moment. Yeah. There's other things I still internalize again, whether it's my playing or something not going my way in my career, whatever. But those are, those are really only temporary things that happen. Everything is really only temporary. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it like that, it's, it's all temporary. Like, you know, and, and that's my whole thing. It's like, Everything's temporary, so why am I taking everything so serious? Midnight Rambler, or uh, what? What is that? What is that? Midnight Rider. Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers. Yeah. My favorite lyric from that song is "I don't own the clothes I'm wearing." Yeah. And we really don't. No. If you want to think about it. Yeah, we're just wearing them. We're just wearing them. This this shirt is gonna break down one day. Yeah. Or I could have this forever and then I'll die and then it's just going to go to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's not a part of your skin. No. It's just something you have. Well, the soul is separate from the mind, which is separate from the body. Yeah. When do you feel like you're at your best with your mind? Like, what's your perfect, when do you feel like you're at your best? When I'm regularly doing yoga and meditating. Yeah. And journaling. Mm. And doing like mind dumps. Yeah. And reflecting. Um, upon my day, upon my life, whatever it is. Yeah. And I have to do that stuff frequently, but there's also this voice in my head. Like I've gotten good at being consistent with the yoga now. Yeah. Like I feel it if I miss a day, like Sunday, I could have woken up a little bit earlier and done my yoga before the session, all of that. But those are the kinds of things I'm not trying to beat myself up with anymore. Where it's like, if I don't want to do something in the moment, sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a good attitude to have. It's hard for me to deal with, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's kind of like anti-discipline almost. Because it's like, it's still discipline, but it's like, you have to know when you don't want to do something to not do it. Or know when it's not the time to do it. Yeah, or know when it's not the time to do it. Um, For me, it's like... If, I, if I'm working out, playing music, and being outdoors, just being outside, away from my phone, that's like when I'm at my best. And that's, that's when I feel the most at peace, at least. And I think it's important, dude. I think that all these negative voices that, that people are getting, I don't necessarily think it's an American thing. I think it's an it's a internet thing, dude. I think it's like how much that we spend on the internet looking at other people's lives and then reflecting it on our own is like, Oh shit, I'm not doing enough in my life. Yeah. I, I think that's true to a certain degree. I think every culture kind of has a flavor of it though. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I meant by the American thing. Oh yeah. Cause the American thing is go, go, go be driven, 
do the best you can, be the best you can. Pay taxes. And pay pay taxes. <laughs> Fuck the government, dude. Defund the IRS. They're a bunch of cunts. Free my boy Zach. Yeah, free Zach. <laughs> Hashtag free Zach. <laughs> I was talking to him about taxes, and he was saying that the IRS is a terrorist organization. Like, on par with Al-Qaeda, dude. Yeah, we He's furious. He hates the IRS. If Zach becomes president... That's why you should vote for Zach. No more taxes. Yeah, no more taxes, dude. <laughs> Burn down the IRS. Well, taxes <laughs> di- didn't even come about until World War II. Yeah. We didn't have taxes before then. I don't know how many people know that. They were like, we're just going to have this while the war is going on because we got to defeat Hitler. Yeah, that was the 1940s. And they're like, yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, we're going to keep this going to recover from the war. We're still recovering. Yeah, from the we're war. still recovering from the war, and <laughs> it's it, we're um the military industrial complex one hundred percent exists. Yeah. I mean, they want to go to war and they profit from war. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a scary thing, dude. It sucks. Taxes suck. That's probably my least favorite thing about being an adult now, because I'm I'm twenty and it's like this is my second or third year paying taxes and now it's really starting to like sink in sink in that this is what i'm doing for the rest of my life like you death know, and taxes death dude. and taxes dude and like now okay so like when i was in high school and when i was a kid i didn't really get the whole thing about taxes like big whoop now it's like 30 percent of my money goes to the government like let me say this i'm <laughs> not against taxes per se if it wasn't for the goddamn government being so reckless with the money that they get. What do they do with it, man? What do they do with it? Another Zach Lehman quote is he says, the government is like a bunch of gambling addicts. <laughs> it's like you give them two grand. They're like, I really need this bailout. You got to you gotta pay, pay me this money. It'll help. And they come back the next year. By the way, I need more money from you. And he's like, at what what point, if they were your friend, would you just tell them to fuck off? <laughs> it's like you got to get this under control. Yeah, you got to work your life out. That's what the government is, man. <laughs> yeah, they're everybody's deadbeat friend. Yeah, that nobody wants in the friend group, and they don't know how to get rid of them. See, I kind of take it as like the the you know like there's always that kid in like high school that would just stuff papers in his backpack wouldn't organize nothing i was that kid that's the government dog that's exactly what the government is dude it's just and that kid somehow made it to the top he made it to the top and then it decides everything he was like i'm gonna hire all my friends that did the exact same thing and then (laughs) all the way from the presidency to the dmv yeah dude it's all just kids that just shove papers in their backpack and they don't they don't give a fuck they don't care how it's organized. They don't care if they have anything. <laughs> All they want is money. <laughs> well, it's the it's like in Goodfellas, the fuck you pay me thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the one function of the government is to bail out their citizens in times of di- like distress. And COVID, that whole thing, just seeing them bicker and argue back and forth. Where we were struggling, but not as bad as a lot of other people. Like, we kept moving. We're like, let's keep this train moving. We're going to still try and make money. We're still going to try and do music stuff. There's people out there who are a lot worse off than us. Oh, yeah. 
And those people were witnessing the government just being like red versus blue. All yeah. The time. Now like, I got to turn my back on we're you. We're not red, white, and blue. It's red versus blue now. Yeah. They just handed yeah. out the checks and they're like, look, I understand you paid taxes your whole life, <laughs> but this, this, this thing, it, it ain't working for me. You, you finally go to the friend and you're like, hey, can you pay me back some of that money I really needed? I'm in a, a really tough time. And they're just like, I can't, man. Sorry, they, I'm strapped. They pay you like four months later. They, they pay you four months later and a quarter of what you've put in. Yeah. yeah dude, it's rough. It's rough. But that's life, dude. And I don't know, man. It's just I can't let it get me down as far as like the taxes and stuff because like, this is my real first year paying taxes and stuff and like I kind of fucked up yeah I get it but like I'm learning about it now okay that's all you can do man I mean the thing that honestly saves me it's like I drive the rideshare thing and I'm an independent contractor but I have a bunch of random work where I have w2s yeah. that I'm just kind of showing up for occasionally yeah yeah. So that saves me from having to really get fucked. Plus, I'm able to write a bunch of shit off since I am an independent contractor. Yeah. Well, now it's like I figured out, like, just saving part of my checks and stuff because I'm 1099 and putting it in a savings account. And then just whenever I get some spare money, just putting it in that savings account. That way I'll be okay. And then having write-offs. I wasn't doing any of that, dude. No. I was just taking the money and being like, fuck the government. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll always come knocking. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Always. It's uh, it's like that 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 uh, you know that uh, Monsters Inc. character that's like always watching you, Wazowski. Yeah. That's the IRS constantly. Yeah. <laughs> they always got their finger uh, on the pulse of whatever it is you're doing. Whether you think you can or you think you you're, I can't even speak. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's where we'll end it at today. We'll be back next week. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.